Welcome to the Pickup Fantasy Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Luis Prado and Tyler Smith. What is up, everybody? This is Tyler Smith with Luis Prado. We are here and back Thursday, January 9th after the new year. want to apologize. We took a week off last week. We were in Scottsdale uh, partying up for the new year, and uh, we're coming back after the week, and we're going to pick things up. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm back here with my boy LP14. They call him the Pippin Ain't Easy. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I hope everybody's New Year's was great. Uh, ours was... We, uh, like Tyler said, we were in Scottsdale and uh, we, we had a blast. It's a, a great place to spend the New Year's. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to Steezy DC who hosted us. We had a, a killer time down there. So we're excited to be back talking basketball. There's so much news that happened over two weeks. It was really hard for me to keep up on everything, but I did my best to kind of, uh, yeah, keep tabs on everything. Yeah, man, it's actually, it's the fact is, the thing is, is that we're only going to go over the past week. So from this Thursday to last Thursday, and there's way more news than normal, but it's, it's good. Yeah, definitely. I want to start off the podcast. We've been talking over the last week about what Luka Doncic has been doing this year in the NBA season, and he's been having one of the best sophomore seasons in the history of the NBA. I was I was reviewing top 10 sophomore seasons that have been, uh, you know, had in the NBA history, and he's sitting right up there as one of the best seasons ever. Uh, he's sitting at 20 9.7 points, 9.7 rebounds, 9.0 assists, 3.1 threes per game, 1.2 steals, and his percentages have been killer. I was making an argument in our fantasy chat that uh, Luka Doncic is at, he's number five on my list as top five players in the NBA that are active right now. What do you think about that, Luis? I think if, I mean, maybe for active and he wouldn't be very far off, maybe like sixth or seventh on my list. But if you count people that aren't active right now, I don't think he definitely is not top five. I did see a crazy stat while I was watching ESPN and they said that it, it was just a, a image and it had uh, essentially Luca doing better than LeBron at the same age of 20 by like maybe one more assist or one more rebound and one more point. Um, but in 10 less minutes, because back uh, when LeBron was 20, he played 42 minutes a game, which is unthinkable nowadays. Uh, but Luca's only playing like 32. So it's, it's crazy what he's doing in such a small amount of time. Yeah, LeBron's stats as a sophomore, 27.2, 7.4 boards, 7.2 assists. So Lucas definitely uh, has the edge on all of those numbers. I was looking at uh, top five sophomore seasons. Dude, Will averaged 38.4, 27.2 rebounds his sophomore year. Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double at 30, 12, and 11. Uh, Dr. J averaged 31 and 12, Larry Bird, 21, 10 and five. Dude, there's been some crazy sophomore seasons, but I make an argument for, for Luca, dude. He's looks like he's way ahead of being a sophomore. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, for sure. He's just like those guys. They probably at those times, everybody was like, these guys are way ahead of their time. Like they should be, they shouldn't be this good at 20. Um, the only thing is with LeBron, I don't know what his defensive stats were compared to Luca. Cause I think when ESPN puts an image like that, they leave certain statistics out on purpose. Um, but yeah, either way, it's a crazy season. Yeah. LeBron averaged one whole steal better than him a game and almost one block better than him a game. So defensive stats, LeBron definitely had the edge. 
uh, the, my my point that I wanted to prove is that the Lucas carrying the Mavericks, they're six in the West at twenty three and fourteen, and th- they're probably going to make the playoffs. We're going to talk about Kristaps uh, Porzingis being hurt over the last week, but I have Luca at the number five overall. I have LeBron, Giannis, Harden, Kawhi, and Luca at five. Now I know Steph and Katie are hurt, but I I swear I'm dead serious. I think Luka Doncic is a top five NBA player right now. Not even talking fantasy basketball. Yeah, did you have A D in there at any point? Yeah, I had A D and Cat coming in at like seven six and seven. Yeah. And then Joker I, and PG. Yeah, I would absolutely take A D over Luca. So, I mean, that puts him at six, but like I said, that's not even really who cares. Fifth, sixth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, just for all our listeners out there, we are going to be doing the same format today, talking about the newest NBA news, injuries, and kind of uh, maybe some trade rumors that are going around. And we're going to dive right into waiver wire pickups for week. Uh, 12 going into week 13 of the NBA season. This is episode 10 for us. So we're going to start off, uh, Luis, let's talk about NBA news. Is there any trade rumors that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, the latest one I that I saw going off of like actual time is uh, Kuzma. Kuzma for, uh, they said that Sacramento was interested and um, Bogdanovich was uh, who they were looking at. And then I saw a report that the... Kings were not interesting in dealing him. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you think about that, dude? I really if if Bogdan Bogdanovich went to the Lakers, I think that'd be a huge upgrade. I don't know, man. I'm just not very high on Kuzma. I don't think he's grown as much as we were expecting him to. But that's been the trend with Lakers. You look at like Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle and players that they've shipped off, D'Angelo Russell. They all flourish when they're outside of LA. So, I mean, being around LeBron and AD obviously takes a lot of uh, your usage down. But I don't know. I think that they'd be probably better off trading Kuzma and getting some more role players. Yeah, I mean, if you can, I just don't think that going for Bogdanovich would be the right move for the Lakers. And to be completely honest, I kind of want it to happen. Um, Because if you trade Kuzma for him, you're going to end up having to sign him because he's a restricted free agent. So you aren't going to trade Kuzma and not sign him. So the next step would be to sign him. And once you sign him, it's going to be such an enormous contract that within that would leave you no caps, uh, no cap whatsoever to sign someone at all for the next two, three years, which would, because, uh, because AD is going to get 40 million a year. And then you're going to have to sign uh, Bogdanovich at whatever the market sets, which I'm sure is going to be high because he's a restricted free agent. He'll be able to go sign a contract with some other team. So I guess what I'm saying is you'd be locked in as your core would be LeBron Bogdanovich and AD. And I don't think you want to trade Kuzma to lock in to that core. Um, but that's just me. Uh, if it happens, then I, I just think it'd be mismanaged by the Lakers again. Yeah, they seem to be have a history on mismanaging these type of trades, uh, at least in the recent years. Do you think that Kuzma, uh, what kind of contract is Kuzma on right now? I think it's on his rookie contract still. So I yeah. mean, he'll eventually come up for as a restricted free agent himself. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
at least they're testing the market to see what type of value they could get for Kuzma. But being a young player that's athletic and very versatile, I think they should be able to get some value for him if they end up trading him. Uh, Andre Drummond's been on the trade block. He's generated a lot of news, dude. What the heck? Why? I, I, Drummond said he wants to stay in Detroit. Why would Detroit want to trade Drummond? I, di- I think they're probably just going in a different direction and – I would assume that the reason that they don't want to keep him is just because they're probably going to what every other team is doing, which is, you know, getting smaller, faster, positionless. And he's essentially a five for sure. Like he's not a four in whatever way. Um, And so I believe that's probably the direction that they're heading. If anything, they probably would try and play Blake at the five. Um, And we'll get to Blake here, I'm sure, further on in the pod. But yeah. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to Detroit Pistons because there's been a couple of relevant fantasy pickups, but Blake Griffin's out for the season with uh, another knee surgery. I think that Blake Griffin's career's kind of trended down at this point, and I I just don't think we're going to see Highlight Blake back at his normal Highlight Reel plays. So we'll see what happens with Drummond. The rumors have been that he's going to but, you know, Atlanta is the most interested. I have John Collins. I don't want to see Drummond in Atlanta. I think he's probably going to end up staying in Detroit. Uh, well, we'll see. I think he's actually going to end up getting traded, hopefully not to Atlanta for those reasons, because I don't want to see John Collins' value um, stipend. But the reason I think it is going to happen is because Drummond, so this year's free agent uh, pool is very, very bad. Like Drummond is by far the best player and there's going to be a ton of teams with cash. So he's absolutely going to get the max contract 100%. And I don't think Pistons want that. They don't want to pay him max. So I think he will get traded. See, that's crazy to me. If I were any, any type of management on Detroit, I'd say let's give Drummond the max no matter what. Give him what he wants because, like, dude, he's shown this year, even as a, like a fantasy player, he's been like top 10, and he's the most dominant big in the league right now. Yeah, and uh, just to, I don't think we'll get to the Pistons to, because they didn't play today or last night. Um, I think Drummond is going to revert back to what he was putting up at the beginning of the season when Blake missed like what two weeks he was averaging 20 and 20 almost pretty much so enjoy yeah enjoy Drummond right now while you can um before he gets traded dude I'm about to trade started from the bottom for Drummond you know what I'm saying (laughs) yeah man you can try and (laughs) try and go get him and hopefully he goes into an even better situation or a situation similar to what he's in now yeah uh, I was sitting at work and I was getting some uh, f- some fantasy lab updates and I, w- I kept seeing the Cavs were waving players as like, wave this person, wave this person. I was like, dude, the Cavs are making some interesting cuts on their team right now. And it, the only thing I could help think about was like, dude, they're getting ready to make a big trade. So you're thinking Kevin Love is about to get traded? Yeah, I think they're going to shuffle up a bunch of stuff, particularly because Kevin Love's had some beef with the GM recently is what what I've seen. Yeah, also on top of that, he had that on court like getting like chucking the ball uh, at his teammate. I think it was something to do with Colin Sexton and then he apologized saying that he, instead of acting like a 31-year-old, he's acting like a 13-year-old. So yeah, I mean it definitely looks like he's about to get shipped. Yeah, and you never know what's going to happen and where players are going to go. It just kind of comes down to trade chips and little tiny pieces and cap space. So I don't know if he ends up in Portland, but 
does that sound like the most likely destination? I mean, that's where he wants to go, but they don't obviously own anything. And I don't know what the market, it, it, it you can't really tell, like you said, until the, you know what the market has set. So like, is he re, like, is he demanding first round picks from people? Cause if he isn't, then I think Portland has a chance because then they'll offer one, you know, and then they'll be like, of course, yeah, we'll give you a first rounder. And I don't know, a one young guy. And, um, but if, people are giving up first rounders for him, then I think we might be, you know, we'll be competing and it'll just be a coin toss. Dude, trades like this happen every year. And we always think we have an idea where players are going to go and then they end up in some ridiculous place. So we'll see what happens with Kev, but I think he gets traded. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's pretty much all the trade talk that we, that I've that I saw. Yeah, mm-hmm, same, same. Uh, just a quick note, you, we saw Victor Oladipo was shooting and doing drills, and he's actually been assigned to the G League, and looks like he's made uh, an announcement that he's coming back on January 29th. Do you think fantasy players out there should stash Victor Oladipo? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. I mean, especially if you're a top team, uh, which is what happened in our hometown league. He ended up going to the worst team possible. By the time it's our playoffs, I think he's going to be full go, no limit um, restrictions. Who do you think he hurts the most? Or um, or it, is it just a thing that uh, hurts everybody on the team? Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're right. He did go to the best team in our league, and I think Triple B did the right thing by picking him up. I was dogging him just because I have to give Triple B a hard time every time we talk. But he he uh, has the luxury of stashing him for a couple weeks because he's sitting in first place. But Victor's going to come back with some severe minute restrictions, probably playing 20 to 25 minutes a game for a month or so, and he's going to be sitting back-to-back. So it's going to be someone that he's got to wait until fantasy playoffs to actually get his money's worth. But coming back, I think Victor Oladipo isn't going to have a whole lot of impact on a lot of players just because of his restriction. But of course, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, maybe even a little bit of TJ Warren are probably going to be the biggest. Um, And then obviously role players like Aaron and Justin Holiday. Yeah, I agree. I just wrote down that he hurts everyone in sports. Uh, specifically Brogdon just because he's bound to not have the ball in his hands as much. And we've, we've covered that already uh, a few times and Brogdon himself has missed six games. So it's almost like the worst timing because Mm -hmm. if obviously you're trying to unload him now that you know exactly the date to try and get the most value, but you can't because he's been out for six games. So yeah, we have a guy in our league, his fantasy basketball team name is Moose Knuckle. And I told Moose to trade Malcolm Brogdon when he was playing at first round value I said dude you could get someone like a Nikola Jokic who's playing at third or fourth round value probably for Brogdon right now and he should have pulled the trigger a while back but he has history of being attached to players and he doesn't want to trade them when they're hot and he's an idiot (laughs) yeah I mean it's it's hard to let go of players like that when they're producing such at a high level and then you go try and you know and you go and try and get something that's not even close um, it's I hard, ship but... him, dude. I I ship him. Yeah, I know. It's hard, but I understand where he's coming from. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. All right, cool. Uh, Steph Curry shooting at this point. Does he make a comeback this year? You know what? That's the craziest thing. I, I was thinking about it last night, and I just don't see at, like I so the way so Draymond himself right now is entirely healthy. I mean, I, I don't care that he misses a game here and he misses a game there and he says that he's injured. 
to me, he's entirely healthy. So to me, I think he's going to end up, Steph is going to be a mirror image of Draymond. He's going to miss games for no reason. Um, and I think it might be a little worse because he's actually injured. Like Draymond's not injured and Steph is. So he'll not only miss games randomly like Draymond, but he'll have a minutes restriction himself. Yeah, I agree. P1, priority one in our league, dropped Conley to pick up Steph Curry. And he has a luxury because he's sitting in like third or fourth in our league to kind of sit on Steph for a while. But P1 has a history of sitting on injured players for a really long time. I don't like Steph's situation because there's no news and he actually has a big injury and we don't know when he's going to come in back when he's going to come back. And we don't know what his playing time is going to look like. Like it's, and the warrior season's lost. So like, I don't know. I don't have any incentive to want to go stash Steph right now. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was saying. Like, you know, we don't know his minutes situation. If I had to guess, it's going to be worse than the two stars that are on the team right now. So, uh, yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, I agreed. Do you want to rattle off some big injury news? I know Blake and Jonathan Isaac were the most recent. What What do you want to start off talking about big injury impacts in the NBA over the last two weeks? Uh, let's just let's do um, uh, Jonathan Isaac uh, because they're just that'll be a quick one because I don't think there's much other than if you saw what Birch did last night. I don't know if he caught what he did. Yeah, Birch had a good game, but Jonathan Isaac sucks. We were actually, you and I were on the couch watching the Wizards play Orlando Magic, and we saw Jonathan Isaac go down, and I was tripping. Yeah, man, we were in Phoenix uh, recovering from New Year's Eve, and, I mean, we flipped the channel, and we caught, like, the last five seconds or, like, the last, like, two seconds, and it's just Jonathan Isaac on the ground. And the next thing you know, you get a tweet saying that he's on the stretcher. And, oh, man, yeah, it's it, it's a devastating blow because on Yahoo, he was ranked 12th at the se- uh, when it happened, like, the second it happened, he was at 12th. I feel bad for Moose because Moose's team was top heavy. He had like four or five really good guys and then a bunch of waivers. And so Jonathan Isaac going down hurts him more than it hurts most teams in our league when they lose one of their top three players. Uh, Isaac out for two months. You have to drop Isaac if you're fighting for the playoffs at this point. And he might not even be back for our fantasy playoffs. And he was putting up some killer stats this year. So who do you think benefits all the way around in Orlando with Jonathan Isaac being out two months? Well, I mean, it looked like uh, Markel Fultz had, and, and I know that he was having a terrible like couple weeks prior to this, but his last two, three games have stepped it up, which coincide with um, Jonathan Isaac being out. But I think Birch, if he can put up stats just like he did last night with the three steals in the block, I mean, you can't pass stuff like that up, essentially because Mo Bamba isn't playing. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Mobamba. Is he just looks like is he not good enough? No, I just think they're literally capping him at like fifteen minutes or like I can't remember at what digit he stops, but he stops at a certain amount and just doesn't get any more than that. Why are they worried about his development as a big guy? Like, is his frame too big for them to want to play? I have no idea. It has to be. I'd have to think it'd have to be to injury. Like they are trying not to get him injured. Yeah. But I mean, everyone Maybe. who knows. Yeah, I don't know. We must not know, or like there must not be being reported 
like mm-hmm. exactly what's going on because there are even even players that are injury prone still play more minutes than that. Yeah, that that Ken Birch guy's twenty seven years old. He's been in the league for two. This is his third year. He's from Nevada. He had eleven points, nine boards, two assists, three steals, a block, uh, seven for nine from the free throw line, two for three from the field, and he played close to thirty minutes. So that's a guy to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, no. If it he always gets that amount of minutes. It's what he does with the minutes. If he does what he did last night, then that that's great. Yeah, we'll see if he can be consistent going forward. Any uh, big injuries that you want to talk about going going down next? Yeah, if you, I don't. I think we should just leave the Blake, like the people that are benefiting from Blake being out for the season. Even though it hasn't been reported that he's out for a season, it's. Pre- I'm pretty sure he's done. Um, but we'll talk about those guys in the waiver wire if you want to move on to um, the smaller injuries. Probably. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Blake possibly being out for the season when we get to waiver wires because there's two, three guys to keep an eye on for Detroit. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so let's start off. Um, there's three big names that I saw, the most recent being Fred Van Fleet going down with a hamstring injury, and I think Nick Nurse said that he's going to be out a while. Yeah, he he's using terms like a ways away for Siakam um, and a while for... Uh, Fred Van Fleet um, and then Norman Powell uh, are on the front rear mirror or something like that. But so he's very vague about all these um, injuries that he has on his team. But with Fred Van Fleet, if uh, I don't know if we're even going to get to him as waiver wire, so we can talk about them now. But uh, Patrick McCaw and Davis both had stats that were certain uh, parts of their stat line were career highs. Uh, did you catch any of that? I did. Yeah. I, I well, I'll start off first by saying, I think I have Norman Powell as my number one waiver wire ad if he's healthy. And I think he comes back on Sunday. So Norman Powell, I think should be picked up everywhere. I was waiting to pick him up on Saturday morning. If he made it to Saturday morning, obviously he didn't in our league cause Steezy swooped that butter cat up. Uh, I saw, there's there's rotation in Toronto is just weird right now, and they don't have a stable rotation. But it sucks that Fred Van Fleet went down for uh, a hamstring injury because he could be two three weeks at least. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. Um, they have to be really thin. I think that last night they used an eight man rotation, and their three bench players that they used I think were very low, uh, even. Even Brochet or Brochure um, was low, like on the minutes, didn't even get to the 20s. So, I mean, it does suck. Uh, it's a good thing that Norman Powell's coming back. And if you have the chance to get him, you got to go grab him. Yeah. Um, that, that Terrence Davis guy, I remember him playing well. Didn't he have a good stat line? And then Pat McCaw, dude, they both played like 40 minutes, didn't they? Yeah, so I think McCaw played 40 minutes and Davis played just shy. And McCaw had a career high in assists, I think, at 11. And Davis had a career high on rebounds at 11 as well. Um, The thing to take away from here is that Davis is a rookie or a sophomore, I believe. And so the fact that he's starting and getting that many minutes, um, you don't – if you didn't know that he was a rookie or a sophomore, you would think he's just like a journeyman because of the fact that they're so thin. But keep mm-hmm. in mind that he's a rookie and you might want to just keep a close eye on him. 
Yeah, definitely keep a close eye on him. I think that he gets hurt the most when Norman Powell comes back because Norman Powell's going to slide into the starting shooting guard slot. But I think Pat McCaw, for the time being, is safe, particularly with Siakam, Marcus Gasol, and Fred Van Fleet out. So I think yeah. Pat McCaw's an ad in fantasy leagues. He's a th- is he? This is his fourth year in the league, maybe third or fourth. Um, he played in Nevada. He's a stud, dude. He didn't he kind of get. Uh, mentored in Golden State, and so I don't know. I think Pat Picasso's a sneaky fantasy player right now. Yeah, I just don't know when everybody like it looks like there's hardly any minutes to be had at point guard um, with Larry having all of that, and then Norman Powell. I'm almost positive as soon as he gets cleared for heavy minutes, he's going to be playing heavy minutes. Um, so all these guys I think that are starting are going to end up playing a ton of minutes. I, Nick Nurse, from the track record that he has, he is literally playing all his starters heavy Huge minutes. minutes. So it, it makes me worried for, for Kyle Lowry with his the volume he's getting, dude. <laughs> well, I hope he doesn't get hurt for you, bud. Yeah, I mean it. It is what it is. I'll take the good with the bad. Um, I don't. I yeah. took him in the. I took him in the fifth round, and I'm guaranteeing you, I'm already smashing that value. So, it is like per game, um, because he's almost literally on Yahoo rankings. He's almost back up to fifth round. So, even yeah. even with the month off, he's produced so much in the uh, what he, in the time that he has been in that he's made back everything. So. Mm-hmm, I'll, just, mm-hmm. I'll just ride it out. Yeah, I think that's smart. So we have two managers in our league: Jose F. Baby, aka the Reup Click, Alex Cerrone, Jesus Shuttlesworth, who have two players that are injured that are big names that have fantasy impacts. Uh, Jesus has Bradley Beal and Drew Holiday, who are in, not in great situations right now, and then Jose has Wendell Carter Jr. and Porzingis, who are both injured. Let's talk about some of those injuries real quick. Yeah, if we want to start off with Bradley Beal. He went through shoot-around already last night and just ended up not playing. Uh, they ended up getting blown out as well. But I think, obviously, if he's at shoot-around, um, it's his right leg that he's having problems with. And he has, I think, in the past had this injury. So it's that's scary. And the fact that they're not winning. But um, anybody that is tied to him. I don't think it has an, as long as one Be- Beal plays, he's, they don't have as much value as they do at the moment. Yeah. My, my gut says Bradley Beal's going to be fine and he's going to come back within the next couple of games. But I think that he's a guy that will be monitored his minutes later in the season and maybe even shut down a little bit just because of the wizards outlook. You know, they got a lot, a lot of young players to develop and, John Wall's probably not coming back this year. So I don't know. I'm a little skeptical on Beal going forward. Drew Holiday, uh, I saw a report this morning. In fact, I picked up Josh Hart because he started in Drew Holiday's place and played big minutes and had a really good game. And the report said that Drew Holiday's out indefinitely with a swollen elbow. We don't have very much information on Drew Holiday, but I think that you got to keep a close eye on New Orleans fantasy players, be, even guys like Jackson Hayes, because they're going to start shuffling up their lineup a little bit. Yeah, if yeah, so Josh Hart had a like a streak of like bad games. Um, he's ever since he got inserted into the starting lineup, 
he's picked it up, which I think is pretty normal for him. So if you do have the option to go get him, I know he was dropped in a ton of leagues. Um, and, and that's what happened in our main one. Um, I, yeah, I think that's a, it's a great ad. I've talked about him on this podcast and said that I do like him compared to you. You said you weren't a fan of him, and now you're <laughs> the one that you're the one that ends up picking him up and not me. But that's okay because he should be picked up. Let's go, Josh Hart. Let's go. Rolling the dice on you, big guy. Yeah. You want to move on to the bowl situation with Wendell Carter uh, Jr.? Yeah. We had a, a guy in our league pick up uh, Gafford, right? Yeah. That's his yeah, name. Yeah. And he. he Gafford. He kind of laid a shitter, um, laid a big egg, and then you swooped up Thad Young, dude, and he went off. Yeah, uh, I noticed that he ended up getting the most playing time off the bench. Um, he did play dude. more minutes than Gafford, and uh, yeah, he had three steals and three blo- or three threes. So, yeah, killed it, dude. That's Diesel's guy. Diesel's gonna come after you, man. You gotta be better. Let go of Thad Young. I he he should have been a little quicker, like the guy off uh, the Geico commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Diesel sucks. <laughs> oh my god! Somehow he always pulls it off every year, though. He's better than Billy Bean, apparently. Yeah, well, he 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 makes the right trades. He holds on um, and makes the right trades until he gets what he wants. And if I don't know if I'm that patient, most of the time I end up wheeling and dealing back and forth, um, and then I'll end up giving in and then taking a guy because I'm tired of having that person that I'm trying to trade. And he, I'm a fantasy. Yeah, no, he's not. He's very patient, loyal to his players. I am a very emotional and acting off my feelings type of owner, and it hurts me a lot of times for sure. Uh, I don't know what Wendell Carter's timeline looks like, but wasn't he in a boot? Yeah, so I don't, I didn't see that Roto World um, reported this, but I was watching the game because I obviously wanted to see what your my newest addition to my team how he looked and uh, the. Announcers said that he left with a boot and on crutches, and um, that's not good considering the fact that these that Wendell Carter Jr. was on the injury report for like four different align. Uh, am I saying that right? Ail- uh, ailments. Ailments. Yeah, for four different ailments, and man, uh, I don't. I just don't see him coming back soon. That's just me personally. I think mm-hmm. most of the time when you leave on a boot and crutches, it's, I think, a weeks. Don't you think? Like, weeks, yeah. that's when you think. Yeah, particularly they're scheduling an MRI, so we'll see what his MRI reveals. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get an update that says two to three weeks for sure. Oh, here. And here's a little tidbit also. So they the Bulls played four times this week, and they play four times the next three weeks. I've never wow. – I've yeah, wow. I've never seen someone play uh, a team play four times four weeks in a row. So if there's if you're in a deep team league, maybe Gafford is if you're like yeah like thirty team or anything close to that and like twenty mm. team right. It, them yeah. playing sixteen games in the next month, including this that's week. huge. Yeah, that's so huge. That's that's actually what pushed me over to grab Thad. Was like I looked at it. I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder if they play. I, lo- I went to look at the schedule grid. And I was like, I wonder if they play four times next week. And then I looked and they Dude. played four times like three weeks. I was like, okay, yeah, I gotta pick them up. That was a hell of a pickup, dude. I didn't know that. You gotta let me in on this information, Pippin. I know, man. If there's any bulls out there, go grab them. <laughs> yeah, if there's any bulls, I I know Chris Dunn's probably not owned out there, but maybe Kobe White. Keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, shoot, he yeah, everyone. Minutes last night. 
yeah, that's a good that's a good chunk of time. So yeah, a couple of bowls maybe that's that's a lot of games coming up for them. Um, it, what injuries? Any other injuries you want to chat about? Yeah, um, I kind of wanted to. It's, I don't think he's going to miss very much time, but it's fun to talk about. Did you see Embiid's finger? Yeah, jeez, dude, his finger was all sideways. Uh, he should not miss much time for that. Tape that baby up and get out there and play, right? Yeah, I mean, he ended up doing exactly that, the game that it happened, but then he did miss last night's game. Uh, it was just a gnarly-looking injury. Uh, I don't know what I would do if it happened to me. I'd probably, I mean, it probably wouldn't hurt very much, but I'd probably still freak out. Yeah, that would not be fun to see your finger like that. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I, I think he comes back pretty quick, though, don't you believe? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, I do think so. There's a couple other ones I just wanted to throw out there. I don't think that are very serious. Uh, Rich Holmes and Anthony Davis, I don't know if you wanted to talk about them. Yeah, uh, Rakan Holmes has been what? Or Rich Holmes, however you pronounce his name. He's been at one point the fifth overall fantasy player at ranked Yahoo rankings. He's had such a crazy season. I saw that Dwayne Dedman entered the rotation and had a decent game the other night. Uh, but it looks like... Uh, Nemenja Belitsa is actually the main beneficiary from Bagley and Holmes being out. There's a lot of fantasy uh, stats to go around with both of those guys, Bagley and Holmes, missing time. Yeah, I think he's been ownable all season long. And yeah, yeah, Guile or Harry Giles had got he. I watched the game. It was I think the only game on at the moment when I was. Uh, when I had some spare time and he got eaten up. I can't remember who he was playing uh, uh, the game after Holmes mm-hmm. got hurt, but he got ate up. So I, I just, that's why they went with Deadman because he's, um, he, it, it, uh, Harry just wasn't pulling yeah. it up. Yeah. I, I think that Holmes was questionable to play at the last game and he was traveling. So I think he probably comes back pretty quickly. Uh, so yeah, I don't, yeah, he'll probably be out there pretty fast. How about players like AD, uh, AD had a bruised back MRI and x-ray came back clean. I'm sure he's going to be back soon, a game or two, but Dwight and and McGee will be playing some heavier minutes. Yeah. I think when we've, he's only missed like a game or two in the past. And I think that's exactly what we came to the conclusion, um, too, is that JaVale was probably, you know, a must add. Kyle Kuzma is a must add, but it does look like he'll be back um, here relatively soon. Uh, hopefully not too soon because you don't want to re-injure it. Because I think if he does re-injure something like that, he will miss weeks. So yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of speaking of big guys, when when the heck is your boy Carl Anthony Towns coming back, dude? How many games has he been out now? I think we're like on week three or something like that. I don't know. Jeez, dude. Yeah, I I think they're just literally going to make it until he's a 100% healthy because they have literally no other reason to bring him back. Um, and That's once he's, so ridiculous. Yeah, so once he's – I think he honestly could have played a week ago. but mm-hmm. I bet you're right. Um, it is what it is. You take – there's nothing I can do about it. We don't have an IR spot. I'm not going to trade him for no. uh, no, for nothing. So. Uh, I play anyways. Diesel on Monday. I play Diesel on Monday next week, and I he has Gorgie Jang, and Gorgie Jang's been playing super good. So I'm hopeful Cat makes it back by Monday. Yeah, he's still not at fifty percent. He's just a shade below that at like forty eight as of last night, and he was putting up second round numbers in the past two weeks. So yeah, absolutely Jeez. need to add him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, even with no news on Cat coming back, he's just been questionable every game. Yeah. Real quick, do you want to talk about Zion going through five on five? Yeah. So he, there's been clips coming out of Zion like jumping off that knee very explosively, dunking the ball, playing five on five. It looks like they're going to kind of continue to pull our leg on when he's coming back and give us some glimpses of him playing. But uh, what's your gut say on a comeback for Zion making a debut? Well, I, so I always gave, so I was watching a game months ago where Reggie was commentating on TNT and he had said that Zion was going to sit out for the rest of the season. And I thought he might have insight that we didn't, obviously those guys all always do. And so I jokingly told the owner that had him in our league that uh, he wasn't coming back. And then I did. And then he goes, I saw this. I heard the same thing. He said he, um, he talked to the coaching staff or some, he talked to someone and then they said he is coming back. And so even he went on air and apologized saying that. So he, uh, what I'm getting at is I did tell one person that Zion was going to be out for the entire season, but I always thought he was actually coming back. And I've even said it on this podcast. Um, but I think he is gaining a little bit of weight and I think he can eventually take that off uh, once he gets going. Yeah, I do. I I actually think you're right, and I'm gonna go back on my word. I didn't think Zion was gonna come back this year, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on what I said. I think that Zion does make his debut, and I think that it's probably gonna be before the All Star game. It's crazy because he doesn't have any chance of winning Rookie of the Year this year. So that's why I kind of thought they were gonna hold him out till next year's because typically huge name players that are rookies like that, like i.e. Blake Griffin and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, like those type of guys, when they're injured, like they usually want to hold them out and wait till they get a whole season on another belt because most of those guys want to win rookie of the year. So I kind of thought they'd hold him out just for, you know, a reason like that. But he probably will make his debut this year and it might be before January's up. Yeah, I I agree. I and I think once he gets his legs under him, as long as he doesn't get injured, he's going to be phenomenal. Because, um, like I said, he'll have to get his weight down, and I think that will come by playing and practicing every day. Um, and so I can't wait. I just I just want to see how he plays. Yeah, I do too. I want to see what type of shape he's in too. But I think if he literally stubs his toe, they're going to MRI his shit. Yeah, and he'll be out a week. God, dude, they're going to be, it's going to be like handling the baby, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it'll still be fun to watch and I can't wait to see him on the court. Yeah. Same. Uh, Lastly, a couple of names to talk about for injuries. Uh, The wizard situation, Bertans, Rui and Wagner, all those guys are out. You got Nerlens Noel with an ankle injury. Mike Conley's still not back. Man, dude, injuries this year just pile up. Yeah, I counted there was at least 15 from this week alone. I uh, just got to tough it out. and I mm. think we sh- if you don't have an IR spot, you should really talk to whoever you need to to get at least one in there. So, Yeah, for sure. Nice. Any other injuries that you feel like are fantasy implications that you want to talk about before we move on to waiver wires? Uh, just the last one is Kara Sever is back. Um, he played really well off the bench. I think on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, he played fairly well. I think he hit 20-something points. So, 
Yeah, he, he did. He played really good. I'm disappointed that he's not on my team. I drafted him this year as a sleeper. I think I got him at six overall. Uh, when he went down with that injury, I kind of had to cut ties because I was stashing John Collins. But somehow it always happens where players that start off really slow and they go down with an injury, they seem to come back and just murder it. And with Kyrie having so much drama surrounding him, I think that, that Kyrie might just kind of get shut down this year and Karis LeVert could have a huge second half. Yeah, uh, both him and Dinwiddie, but that Kyrie news does not look good. I know that since we missed uh, last week's podcast, uh, and we apologize again for that, We one of the main topics would have been that Kyrie shoulder because he finally came out and spoke about it. Um, it did not sound very promising, and if you have him, you gotta ship him. But I don't. I wouldn't take him. So, um, but yeah. it did not look. It did not look very promising. I think he should be dropped. To be honest, <laughs> I'm serious. Well, not if you don't. Not if you have an IR spot. Absolutely not. But yeah. Yeah. Well, if you got an IR spot, but in our league we don't have an IR spot, so I think that he should be dropped in our league. I, I really don't think he's ownable right now. Yeah, it's a tough call. It's really tough. I if you're hanging in there in in your league and you're doing just fine with him and you don't have an IR spot, then yeah, you got to hold him. But it's a tough situation. You just it's something that you knew going in drafting, and it's your worst nightmare came through came true. <laughs> yeah, Diesel's fighting for the playoffs right now. So Diesel, I don't know what you're doing out there, big guy, but we'll see what happens. Diesel seems to tough it out the whole year. All right, waiver wires. Let's roll with waiver wire ads. I already started off by saying my number one waiver wire ad was Norman Powell, number two, Thad Young, number three, Josh Hart. What do you have top three for Pippen? Ain't easy. Well, I mean, this is barring that you aren't in a competitive league because Gorgie Jang's at 48%. I'd have him at number one. I know that Cat, you don't know when Cat's coming back, but the fact that he's putting up second round value um, in the past two weeks and we don't know exactly how long cat's going to be back he'd be number one for me um number two is um the guy for the pistons i don't even know if i want to say his name you his name's dumboyu siku um, siku dumboyu and he uh i think out of all these guys has the m- best season long considering he is a rookie and he's already starting and playing 30 minutes. It's going to be really hard. And then he uh, had a game where he double doubled. He had another game where he hit four threes. He had another game where he, or might even been in the same game where he had a decent am- amount of steals and blocks. Uh, it looks like to me that he is the real deal. He did get drafted high. He, I think he was somewhere in the 14, 15 range. Uh, he did, he got drafted two years ago, and I think he spent one year away from the team. Uh, yeah, and now, definitely. And now he's back. Um, what do you think about him? Yeah, I like him a lot. He's a rookie. He's going to get a ton of big minutes. Uh, Blake Griffin's been probably shut down for the season with another knee injury. So they're just going to roll out their their guys for Detroit. They got that Saku guy who's going to play big minutes. They got Svi, who is a three-point specialist who literally is hitting like four threes a game. So if you need threes, go get the Svi guy. Uh, they got Bruce Brown Jr., who's starting now, who's probably going to continue playing big minutes. So Reup got a good player in Bruce Brown Jr. And I, I just wanted to make a note that when we talk about waiver wire ads, we are usually talking about players that are under 50% owned. But I usually reference our league 
EW hoops as uh, the, the waiver wire players that we're keeping an eye on. And we're a 12 team league and with 12 team leagues, uh, we're very competitive leagues. So there are some players that we mention on here that probably are not available in deeper leagues. So I, I, yeah, that's just something I wanted to to chat about real quick is that the players that we're listing are probably referenced to our league specific. Yeah. It, and I try and keep it as broad as possible. There are guys on here that are under 50% owned that are owned in our league that I think should be owned. Uh, one of those examples, and I, it's actually walking right into it is uh, my number three, somehow Markel Fultz dropped all the way to 38%. Uh, I do. I know that he doesn't do a lot in certain areas, but he had uh, three games to go. He had a six steal game, and then followed it up. I think last night or two nights ago, with yeah. So I have the game pulled up from two nights ago. He had an, uh, four steals the fo- uh, two games after that. Those are so he's had twelve steals in the past three games. It's uh, man, it's if that's the type of production you're going to get from one guy in one category and, and then he's still in a point guard, he still gets his assists. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think he should have dropped to 38%. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So it's, it's really important to probably list those players that potentially could be out there on waiver wires that are already owned in our league. But those are kind of players I feel like are no brainers that should already be owned. If they're dropping low, then I tend to think those fantasy managers need to <laughs> figure out what they're doing. Yeah. And the thing is, is that like, okay, so I've picked up, I someone dropped OG and I have three leagues. The one, the other two, that one that we, we talk about mainly is the hometown one, but the other two that I never talk about, those are public leagues. I don't know anyone in those leagues and OG and an OB has been dropped in the miles bridges. Uh, wow. Did you see miles bridges game last night and yeah, OG? Yeah. Yeah, and I, we'll get to both of those guys. Um, but these are guys that are legit. Like I don't know them. They've literally got like I don't know anybody in the league. And these guys become available. Um, Jeremy Lamb has become available. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of guys. Obviously, we're never gonna get to those guys on this section mm-hmm. of the podcast. But it's nice to talk about guys that ought, do actually drop under fifty percent that I think should be owned as uh, like Markel Fultz. Yeah, yeah, definitely. His Dan- Daniel House Jr. Has he dropped under fifty percent owned in Yahoo leagues? Yes, he has. He's in the twenties. Yeah, I figured so. He's kind of borderline at this point. He's on my team, and I made a a dumb move by trading for him. Obviously, I traded you when I was Ham Cam Newton. But uh, <laughs> uh, Daniel House Jr. has put up three terrible games in a row, so he might be a drop at this point. Yeah, I so I ended up dropping him in one. So I have him, I think, on all three leagues at one point. Um, and so I traded him to you for Jeremy Lamb, like you mentioned. Um, but I had to drop him in another league for Thad Young. I just I saw the injury to Michael Carter Williams or Michael uh, or what's it? Uh, yeah, it was Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter, sorry, Wendell Carter Jr. And it, I just like I said, I think he's kind of injury prone he's on a bad team and uh he left in a boot and all that and i was just like i think he's going to be there and then the schedule so i had to drop uh daniel for for thad young um if there's Mm -hmm. a guy kind of like that and you do have daniel um it's maybe time to make a move like that 
Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. I'll probably end up dropping him, not going to lie. He's probably one of the top drops on my team. So, adios, house. Sorry for being a stinker, but you got to go, buddy. I'm going to pick him up as soon as he starts playing better. Because <laughs> he probably will. He usually goes through stretches where he'll play like four or five bad games in a row, and then he'll have like four or five hot games from three-point line where he hits like four or five threes. So, he's an asshole for being so inconsistent. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Who's uh, who's next on your list? I got a couple more. Yeah, I got a couple more here. Uh, I I like DeLon Wright entering into the starting lineup, and you also have Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, we don't know how long Kristaps is going to be out, but what happened to Jalen Brunson? How come he's not getting time with, with what's happened in Dallas? You know, and I've kept zero tabs on Jalen Brunson, and I am a full out on Delon Wright, and I could essentially be having the same scenario that happened with Joe Ingles, but I just don't mm-hmm. have time for that guy or anybody that does goes on months, like mm-hmm. a month stretch of bad games, and he's like literally been all season almost. Mm-hmm. I like Tim Hardaway Jr. for three-pointers, but the one reason why I haven't picked up Tim Hardaway Jr. right now is his field goal percentage. Dude, there's some nights where he can go one for 10 or six for 20, and I literally will pull my hair out and my blood pressure will go high. I can't have people like that on my team. Yeah, and he's essentially just a three-point specialist because if you look at it, he like, hasn't got a block in months um steals occasionally so he's just a three point and points specialist and there's other guys um that i think i would prefer maybe because i've seen them have higher value in the past uh, mm-hmm. the only time I've, I've the only time i've ever seen tim hardaway be like the mid-rounder was when he was the main option on the team which you will not ever have on this team Perfect, dude. So let's move forward to the next uh, waiver wire ad. I have Jarrett Culver as a, a a good waiver wire ad, you know, going off of that Eric Gordon topic. So what do you think about Jarrett Culver? Yeah, so he's hit double digits um, in five games with getting steals and threes and um, and blocks. He's averaging one steal and two blocks and or no, one three, one steal, and two blocks over the past two weeks, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And him being a rookie in Minnesota, he's getting like 30 minutes a night. We know Cat's injured and, and Gorgie James playing big minutes, but Shabazz Napier's been another name who's actually had a couple of really big games in a row. What do you think about the lineup with Teague, Culver, and Shabazz? Oh, man, I, I think Teague is the one that gets squeezed out. Uh, I know that if he gets enough playing time, he puts up mid-round value. Uh, it's just annoying to own. But yeah, Shabazz put together three, four good games in a row, and then I think had a decent, or had one bad game. His, least, his last game wasn't so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about Jarrett Culver is his efficiency. He had a super good game yesterday. He shot eight for 11 from the field, but his free throw percentage seems to be pretty shaky. Yeah, it is bad. Um, I think that's the only thing driving down his value. Yeah, I agree with you. So Jarrett Culver, I think is a, a solid ad uh, for, for 12 team and 14 team leagues. I think he's a really good guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. Over the past two weeks, he has been in the, uh, 10th 11th round so i mean even with his bad bad free throw shooting yeah it should be owned uh the next guy i have on my list is christian wood uh if i don't know i think most competitive leagues probably have him owned already but he is only at 23 percent. he did have a bad 
not a bad game, but he only played, I think, like 18 minutes the game 13. before. 13. 13 so, minutes, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of rough. But I think down the road, he eventually he'll end up playing starter minutes. Yeah, dude, all the waiver wire leagues um, and and podcasts for for RotoWire, RotoWorld, and RotoWire say he could be a huge different maker, different difference maker lately later in the season. So Christian Wood, even though his minutes are going to fluctuate quite a bit, I don't know. A lot of professionals think he's going to blow up at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think it's depending on who they get back on that trade for Andre Drummond. I think there should be plenty, and I don't know if they'll get enough back for him, like where it hurts anybody on the team. Because if it gets down to the, you know, down to like the trading deadline, and nobody wants to give up anything because he can essentially leave for nothing, then they might just get like picks or something. So Mm -hmm. who knows? Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, we don't have much time left on the podcast, so let's quickly go through and run through recap on games Wednesday, January 8th, last night. Let's let's start off with the Spurs and Celtics. Kemba Walker got ejected in the third quarter. The Spurs handily won the game. One thing that I am excited about on the Spurs is it looks like their rotation is kind of fully coming together and DeJounte Murray's playing bigger minutes. Uh DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus have been playing better recently. Anything on the Spurs end that you want to make a note of? I didn't really have a whole ton on this game other than Pop played every single game and DeRozan is almost averaging 30 in the past two weeks. So he's heating up. Uh, I know he's just outside the third round in uh, Yahoo ranking. So he's pulling Mm -hmm. it together. He is, yeah. Moving on, Toronto won in overtime over the Raptors, 112-110. We talked quite a bit about the Raptors side. OG Anunobi has had, he's been like trading good games for bad games and their rotation. We talked about Davis and McCaw having huge games. I couldn't help but notice Miles Bridges finally had like a breakout game. He hit six three-pointers, 10 for 15 from the field. So Miles Bridges had a huge game yesterday. He's actually had six good games out of his last eight, so hopefully you held on. And unlike what we t- I talked about earlier in the podcast, the one guy getting in one of my leagues, him getting dropped, I, hopefully you didn't do that. That um, does look like the uh, Houston, or I mean the Hornets, are in an eight-man rotation. Uh, yeah, and then P.J. Tucker, or not P.J. Tucker, geez, I'm... Um, P.J. Washington? Yeah, I'm flustered here. P.J. Washington had a killer game. He had 12 points, 12 rebounds, and uh, six assists and two blocks. Hopefully, it's another guy that didn't get dropped, uh, uh, that you didn't drop. So, uh, yeah, there's then not Terry much. Rozier, to- Terry Rozier's having a hell of a year. Yeah, he – and uh, like we said before, I never imagined he'd do that, like just because of his field goal percentage, except for he didn't have a very good shooting game last night himself, so – yeah. Uh, moving on to Heat and Pacers. Uh, that was so funny what happened with Jimmy Butler. Him and TJ Warren were head to head because TJ Warren had kind of a hard foul on him. And then later in the game, I think that Jimmy got called for offensive foul and TJ was like clapping his face. So he got ejected and Jimmy Butler was blowing kisses to him. And after the game, Jimmy circled the return to Indiana game and called out TJ Warren was basically just like, you can't guard me, bro. Can't wait till we see you again. And just called him like a softy. <laughs> yeah. That's a game that I will not be missing. I'll call into work. <laughs> that will be fun to watch. Yeah. This, um, did you see there's other, so Winslow's back and then, um, 
Derek Jones Jr. is I was just gonna say that. He's on fire, man. He's got he had eighteen points, two blocks, two steals, two threes, seven rebounds. I had him on my team. I'm and he's still it, the only thing that worries me is all that huge rotation that they have. Oh, man, I don't know. What do you what, what do you think about him? You think he should be added? Mm, man, it's so tough. I, I I love the Heat for fantasy value, fantasy perspective. Myers Leonard getting thirty minutes is a lot of minutes. Duncan Robinson's still very ownable. Kendrick Nunn's minutes dropped. They have Goran Dragic playing big minutes too. Winslow's back. <clears throat> Man, it's so tough. So tough in Miami. Absolutely. But I, but I love Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, I do too. And if he gets 30 minutes, he's going to be – I think he'll end up getting picked up in most leagues because he's not very high at the moment. Um, he's – Literally only at thirteen percent, so I think you'll be closer to fifty if he keeps doing this and getting that amount of points. <laughs> he had a killer game, man. That's that's a crazy stat line, and he's a third year, maybe fourth year player, so he's experienced. Uh, Demodis Sabonis, killing it. Yeah, he had twenty-seven points and fourteen rebounds, six assists. This, this is just like another day in the office for him. Um, did you, <laughs> did you catch Warren's game? So he had a terrible game this game because he ended up getting ejected. Um, he didn't even finish it, but he had like 34 or something like that. 36, 36, yeah. 36, the game before I was watching it. The guy was on fire. Um, that's what he's known for scoring. So TJ's yeah. a beast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on. Wizards played the magic magic killed him. Uh, any big takeaways? Well, we kind of talked about that game already. Yeah, the, yeah, we yeah we pretty much did. Other than uh, Bert, we talked about Birch. Um, I think DJ Augustine has put together a very good two weeks, uh, uh, maybe week and a half, something like that. And um, if you need a point guard, it's a guy you can uh, definitely go add. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I added Ish Smith just because he's had a couple of huge games in a row, and he's still getting twenty five to thirty minutes a night. But they got players like Gary Payton the second playing, and they're just. Troy Brown Jr. and Jordan McRae. They're playing all their young guys because Beal's out. Yeah, it's its a you know shot in the dark with all those guys as to who's going to get, um, you know, who's going to have the best outline with all the, with Brown, like you said, and, and Ish. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're, they, the only starter to go over 24 minutes was Bonga. So, yeah, it's, it's just, just mm-hmm. a shot in the dark. Yeah. Moving on to Houston, uh, playing the Atlanta Hawks. I think the reason why Derek House Jr. is having kind of a, a, a big slump right now is because Ben McElmore is playing still 32 minutes off the bench, and they got Eric Gordon back in the starting line playing 30 minutes. Russell was out tonight, so we'll see what the hell happens with Houston's rotation, particularly with Eric Gordon and Ben McElmore eating into Derek House. Yeah, I don't know if that's essentially the reason. Maybe they're t- maybe he doesn't get enough usage, but it's definitely not the playing time because he had the second most amount of minutes only behind James Harden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not about the minutes. It's about his touches. Yeah, that must be the situation going on there. So first time in, a, in how long that two players put up 40-point triple-doubles? I think that's the first time ever. Jeez, dude, that's freaking crazy. Yeah, if you're playing DFS, this was the game to target because if you happen to have played both Trey and James Harden and you didn't place in the money, I don't know what else, what other picks you had. Um, yeah, I like. But who do you like? 
I like the fact that Kevin Hoyerter's playing huge minutes and having some big games. And John Collins been a surprise this year with how many blocks he's getting. Yeah, I know. Uh, Kevin is on fire, man. He th- this game right here doesn't even do him justice as to what he's been doing in the past two weeks. He's he has been. We've in this podcast we were on episode ten and we've been talking about him, you know, being an ad for a long time. Mm-hmm. I drafted him this year because I've always been high on Kevin Hoyter, and this is exactly why. Yeah, um, Alex Len also looked looks to continue. Man, he's he's playing very well in the role that he's in net right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sneaky. Nuggets played the Mavs, and they Joker hit a game winner. That's man. That's not even new. He does that like all the time. I swear, this guy's clutch. Like all the time. <laughs> He hits. Game he's had some like crazy. huge. He's had some huge stat lines the last week or two. Yeah, aren't you glad you didn't trade him? Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm super glad that I have him on my team. He's killing it. He's playing. Playing super well right now. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to add to this, or on the Nuggets side, is that uh, Grant had a killer game, uh, and that's has to do with Millsap sitting. So just a preview as to if, um, who to pick up. If he were to ever miss an extended period of time, uh, Grant had 15 points, three blocks, one steal, one three, five rebounds, and two assists. Yeah, Jeremy Grant. I, I owned him for a week or so when Paul Millsap was nursing like a knee injury or something. Jeremy Grant can be really good fantasy player if he gets 30 minutes a night. Yep, yep. It, um, on the other side, did you see that Luca almost triple doubled again? He missed it by one rebound. Oh damn! I yeah, I I just now seeing that. I saw a stat line that said he, uh, or I saw uh, a highlight that said he has nine triple doubles on the season, and the whole league combined has eight. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, he's the real deal. Um, we don't really need to talk about him anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Powell uh, has also been on a tear himself. I feel like he had a crazy good game yesterday, uh, super efficient. Um, yeah, and DFS yeah. also also piecing together. He's, his stat line, they don't really jump out a lot at you, but he, if you take a closer look at those money stats, which is blocks, deals, and threes, he gets those every single game. Yeah, they're not going to come in bunches, but they they definitely come at times. Uh, I like Maxi Kleber. He's been playing bigger minutes now that Kristaps Porzingis has been out. Yeah, he's also playing great. It, I just don't, I just don't know what's that's going to happen when Kristaps uh, uh, comes back himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably going to cut into everyone's time. So good. Uh, moving on, Bulls and Pelicans. We talked about the Pelicans and the Bulls. We actually kind of talked about this game already. Uh, Brandon Ingram had a huge stat line. Uh, yeah, he set. Uh, he tied his career high in assist. Um, uh, also, another person that also hit career highs was Jackson Hayes. He had 12 rebounds, 14 points, and four blocks, but the rebounds were this career high. Um, also, Lonzo and JJ were in slumps, and I think they have gotten out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Jackson Hayes' uh, long-term outlook. He should be probably picked up at some point if he continues doing shit like that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, if he does that with the four blocks, it's 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 crazy. Um, is there? I saw that Zach was phenomenal. Um, he, he was efficient most of the time. He's not, and so he was he had a crazy good game in with efficiency. 
Mm-hmm. He's been actually really inefficient this year. So for him to put up a stat line that is actually efficient is a breath of fresh air for sure. Yep, yep. Cool. Uh, last two games, we got the Knicks and Jazz and Bucks and Warriors. Anything take away from those games? Um, not much on the Knicks side. Uh, not to beat a dead horse, uh, Robinson is only playing 22 minutes, still coming off the bench. Do you think that will ever change for the rest of the season? I'd, I mean, we got to be getting close to halfway, um, and he's still not starting and not consistently getting in the 30s. Do you think that changes? I would have 100% traded him if he was on my team by now, even if it was for a scrub. Well, I mean, do you, he didn't answer the question though. So you, I, mean, I guess you, <laughs> no. I guess he did. You guess he did. No, you don't think he t- that changes. Yeah, I don't think it changes, dude. That's crazy. I don't know who they need to get. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> they they suck, dude. <laughs> I hate the Knicks. I hate them so much. Yeah, even R.J. Barrett is not worth holding. Like there's and Marcus Morris is obvious. I think he is one hundred percent getting traded. Like 100%. He's gone. Dude, the Knicks are so bad. So bad. So bad. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. I think that's it, about it for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Um, I don't have any really big takeaways from the Warriors and Bucks game. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Burks is still led the team in scoring off the bench. He only had 21 minutes. Or no. He had 27 minutes. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein only had 21 minutes and double-doubled, which was cool. But other than that, Lopez. Lopez had two threes, three steals, two blocks, doing his thing. Yeah, Brooke Lopez, my dude. He is very, very sneaky, and he puts up stat lines here and there that, that win you weeks, like putting up six and seven blocks every now and then. Yep, yep, for sure. Cool. All right, well, that's going to conclude. This has kind of been a long podcast, but we've missed – now going on two weeks of basketball. So we had a lot to catch up on. Uh, we're going to for sure get back to a consistent schedule with making sure our, our pods get out early on Thursday morning so that we can recap Wednesdays and talk about the newest news in the NBA. So thank you to all our listeners for sticking with us. And we're, we're just having a ton of fun doing this thing just because we get a kind of BS basketball for an hour, 15 minutes every time we get together. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, something I look forward to at the end of every Wednesday to put together all the notes and then waking up and and doing this podcast. Uh, And yeah, like Tyler said, thank you for listening. And um, we'll try and do our best to not miss any weeks and give you the best product that we can. Yeah, for sure. I I know that when I'm always doing a little studying and recap on NBA games and and waiver wire ads and fantasy players, I always run across some players. I'm like, dude, if I wouldn't be researching this stuff right now, I probably wouldn't have had my eye on this player. Yeah, it happens to me all the time as well. I'm like, damn, look at this stat line. I might have to go add this guy right now. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's happened to me. (laughs) so for sure shout out to all of our listeners if you want any uh changes on our podcast please hit us up on twitter my boy luis is at yahoo hoops and i'm at ts underscore dot dot so hit us up on twitter if you want any feedback that'd be that'd be cool we'd really appreciate that so happy new year's to everyone uh we will see you guys next week all right guys next week can't wait take it easy